0: Welcome to the fifth episode of our podcast, Hash Include People.it. Avantika and I, Divyanshi, had the pleasure of talking to Pranap Kedia, a 2020 IMT graduate from IIIT Bangalore. He is a co-founder of Enigma, the robotics club of a college, and is pursuing a career in hardware research. He likes to travel. And when he does, he makes sure to learn a few phrases of the native language. And when he's not traveling, he likes to try different cuisines by either ordering in or cooking it himself. We hope you get to see a different take on things and enjoy listening to it. Hi, Maria. Welcome to our podcast, Hash Include, uh, People.x. Hello, Bhiya. Hi. Hi. So, so, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Just a little bored now.
0: Yeah, you're now free.
1: The workload kind of went down like a cliff.
0: Yeah. So, how does it feel? You're now a graduate. Yeah, like it's been five years in college.
1: I don't know. It feels like tomorrow when I came here. So, it feels like the time kind of went very fast. So,
0: are you excited or anxious for the future?
1: Both kind of. <laughs> okay well, well that's me alone because at times i get control freaked about certain things especially how things should go about so some next venture some say next opportunity if even there is a slight chance that it's going to be there i'm going to spend like some two days uh, researching how how is that place and uh, uh, how the people there are what is the living cost? What is the cost? Budgeting, etc. Like I, I don't even have that offer yet, and, and I'll start doing these things. So I'm excited as well as anxious.
0: Okay. Okay. Also, uh, we saw that you had done an internship in Faridabad in your first, like just after you completed your first year. Yeah,
1: and yeah.
0: When, uh, most of us uh, after first year we decide to enjoy the summer. Before. That's our first summer after uh, all the J.E. mains and all the coaching and
1: everything. Mm-hmm.
0: So, how, how, how come you uh, got that internship?
1: The thing so, was that, uh, like, even I wanted uh, to do an internship, but uh, be at home. So, I tried to avoid uh, applying anywhere uh, here in Bangalore. I especially try to do it somewhere around uh, Delhi side so that I can be at home, uh, enjoy the home feeling and uh, uh, have an internship as well. Then I think I applied to NIC, the National Informatics Centre, through some contact. But uh, I think their internships were filled. So they pointed me to another opportunity that was open at the police department in Haryana uh, Police. And uh, that's how the thing continued. And uh, I had a meeting with the commissioner. So he told me what he was working on. Especially that guy was a really interesting man. That guy had some uh, 6 or 7 degrees altogether. The commissioner. I was like, sir, what did <laughs> uh, The guy told me, is was like, he took sabbaticals in the middle of his job as a policeman and did all these degrees. So he had a BA, he had an MA. He did an MTech from Osmania, I think. And then uh, he did some, I think, police management course at uh, uh, IGNO. Then he went to University of Cincinnati, Ohio for an MBA. That's <laughs> He didn't spend the time on, of his own money. And then to, came back after two years and then again went back for after two years to do a PhD. Again on okay. the government of India's dime.
0: Okay, so you had a great experience over there. So was this thing planned or it just randomly happened? You thought, okay, I need to intern. You went for the summer vacation and thought, okay, I'm getting bored at home. Something like that.
1: Uh, yeah, so I was getting bored at home. The, the summer turned out to be very different than what I thought, right? So I think it was the first time I was experiencing this kind of uh, difference in temperature that was a certain difference in temperature. So back when I was here say in May in Bangalore, the temperature was around 20 to 30 degrees uh, range. Ke beach mein. And uh, when I went back, the temperature was about 40 to 50 range. right? So, there was a sudden jump for me uh, in a temperature and I think I have never experienced before that before. So, <laughs> in May, I experienced uh, partial uh, face paralysis. One half of my face para- got paralyzed. Okay. So, then it was, I think, a month of physio or steroids, neuro-enhancers, etc. And... Then my face started coming back together. Oh, you get bored you can't yeah. go out and think. I was like, So that's how I essentially moved my contacts. And then somebody suggested NIC, nic went to these guys. And I had a borrowed life, seriously. Well, the amount of senior officers that I met and befriended uh, during those two months, you know, is just amazing. Yeah. Things that go in the police department, well, in and out, I kind of knew at that time. Plus, I got the identity card, which I could flash anywhere if I got caught without license, And I was like, ah, threep, Ooh,
0: "Okay, it works till now." Kinda, kinda.
1: I think either come or karta, either i have used it i think twice or thrice ek bar those guys were like ha and then the other two times were like nahi sorry. that is cool yeah but like strictly not uh, advisable to do
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> again we have to portray some sort of responsibility right okay so moving on to the next
0: year as in your second year you went, went on to start the Robotics Club
1: Enigma. Yes. It
0: wasn't related to anything you did in the summer. So, how did it start? How did you get the idea?
1: So, the, the, there is another like big thing behind Enigma. So, there were two Robotics Club. <laughs> like I think not many people know. So, firstly, a the, the, the lot of people approached uh, Chetan Parikh and other faculties. About uh, uh, starting a robotics club, mainly electronics faculty and some broad range like uh, programming people who they knew at times probably C. Cancer and other people. So there's like, we have to start uh, some sort of robotics club. Uh, we are interested in it. We want to participate uh, in some events uh, at Moodai. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. start started up and then. Set up a meeting, so they essentially put out a call for members, and uh, we had a meeting. We get called into this 307, right, big room, 100, uh, 110, 120 uh, ish people were there, and then seven or eight faculty. Like nothing against democracy, but at times democracy is overrated. In democratic decisions, things don't really pan out for the better. right? You can see Trump getting elected, Modi getting elected. I mean, decisions of a democracy are like, take with them with a pinch of salt. So, the, in the meeting, what happened that they, they decided to form some sort of uh, governing council for a robotics level. Uh, like, we'll have uh, two members in governing council from uh, every batch sort of thing. I think one one was M-Tech first years, im second year, third year, in fourth year. I think it felt in fourth year. I, I don't remember if fourth years were there or not. Right. So all these three or four batches uh, contributed two to members to the governing council and they had a governing council they They're like, we'll follow oh, a project-based approach where we'll have different projects and uh, some sort of... Uh, project manager on top of a project and then governing council on top of it. And then we went ahead with another democratic procedure called elections. I stood for the governing council. I think I lost to somebody. And uh, then, I don't know, I kind of distanced myself. It was like the other people are, are interested or what, uh, their interest, but uh, I don't know. I am I have more experience in that field, thoda. So, I was like, I distanced myself, this is not going to work. Okay. So, they, I, I was part of a project, but not of the governing council. Like, I didn't contribute to whatever, I not Project manager, didn't even know. So, after that, things started bickering, was not and all those sort of things. And then, some senior members, uh, I think, from M-Tech, they, they felt that uh, they needed to study for placement. We second semester start together and study their subjects as well. So they didn't want to contribute much. So they're like uh, they stopped attending meetings as much uh, as they did earlier. So we started. Thoda discussion change things. Some guy who was initially involved in this thing, robotics one point and some other people uh, as well, and we we started. 2.0. So, we did edit Kia and then we like we will have control of the, over the club and every decision we can veto for say two years. So, then essentially we got this 103 which is the placement room currently.
0: Yeah.
1: There uh, we set up uh, the pit for a tiller. Tiller was one of our projects, ambitious project again. And uh, for the drone, we had a hanging setup to test its vibrational needs and other things. But uh, we kind of jump started there; people were uh, working at at least, and they have space to work, right? So we started from there. Uske baad uh, progress. And the progress is reported. Uske baad uh, And then they needed it for placement room, so they gave us this So we we have this room. Too much funding, and I think uh, because uh, the professors kind of trusted me because I've worked with many of them. So some of the other labs or centers' ka equipment are also kept here. So they are more of common use equipment.
0: So like we see you started Enigma, co-founder of Enigma, and the other thing you are into hardware research. So how did you get on to the conclusion that you want to do this thing? So there was the story where you told keep you installed a camera in front of your hostel room. So were you from the beginning were you into this kind of stuff, like playing around with gadgets? Not really, or
1: not really. Not really. So do you know about IOI? IOI is uh, this Informatics Olympiad, which is equivalent of an ICPC for school people. So it's somewhere similar with the IMO and all those Mm -hmm. sort of things, where four people from India represent India and go to some location outside, compete with other country people, teams, and they get medals based on where they stand. So I think some... Uh, top 10 people or some top 8 people got gold medals and then silvers and then whatever. So, by the time I think I was there, only one of these guys had a gold medal. I think his name was Akshat Bhubna. I think he was the first Indian to get a gold medal in Iora. So, I met in Fiji. He was my senior in Fidji and there were a lot of people who introduced me to competitive so uh, like I had taken C computer science in 12th and 11th as subject So I knew C and C++ so I started coding in competitive and then I also attended a training camp at Triple uh, IT Delhi okay. so they started one trip, uh, training camp in the initial days and uh, there were really cool people who essentially came and taught there so some of the professors and some of the students from triple delhi and i think iit delhi also continued. so thoda started like competitive I start doing some code some sports and all those sort of things in 11th and 12th first year then i don't know my interest pivoted the other thing i was doing in my 11th was uh, there is this uh, group called vex robotics it is it competes with lego in this robotic space for say school students and things so they build systems and other things so there is a worldwide championship so i was i think second in the the national in india so i was doing that thing as well so our hardware introduction was there but uh, even by that time, I hadn't touched or not, you know. I was just working with some simple boards, some C code, some of their own code, whatever IDs they provided. Just some small pivot. And I think some large part in my interest also was contributed by, I think, Professor Madarov also. So he was our C professor, essentially having an introduction to him early on. He was a nice guy. So, uh, just like he he gave us some projects to to work on. He was also our basic like prof, And basically like also helped to channel all these interests uh, towards electronics. And um, I asked him for a project if there is some project. And that's how I think our second year summer project started, I guess. Yeah. So, second year summer is also interesting because... (laughs) That wasn't a plan at all to do Raspberry Pi clusters. So the plan was to work with Intel. So Intel contacted us uh, in March to work on their new system that they were starting for cricketers. So Intel was some ICC technology partner at the the time for cricket. And uh, they wanted some systems and they wanted to commercialize a wearable system which you can put on your bat. And it will give you statistics and uh, probably they'll have profiles as well for famous cricketers and you can try and compare how you play and try and compare how the other guy would play with that ball sort of thing. So, Intel was very (laughs) funny in their ways in this thing. Let's tell about that. So, I think start of second year, I think, there was a hackathon. Intel used to do a, every year a hackathon with their hardware. So, they just released Edison by that time. So, Edison was one of their boards. Not really popular, but kind of powerful board. So, they had this ha- hackathon, roadshow, hardware roadshow, whatever. There were hardware hackathons at that time, right, happening. Soda So, mm-hmm. uh, we, I went there. I essentially made some team there, random teams in hackathon. I didn't know anybody in my team back uh, before that. So, formed a random team there. Uske baad we participated. I won uh, for an honorable mention for the project uh, a smartwatch. Abhi kya hua. There is a big story. Uske so, coming back to the cricket wall point, right? So, we are working on this project, and uh, there, there were some NDAs signed initially. Uh, uske baad we received this uh, full fledged mail from uh, these guys saying uh, we are revisiting our priorities right now so the engagement that we have with you is currently on hold and this is after us coming back in summer too. so I went for say half a month to home and then came back for working on this project with Intel and then Intel after five days is like send this mail uh, and there were some NDAs also signed I think for the work so there's non disclosure and everything. Fine. I was like, okay. Because you don't know about all this uh, corporate language, yeah, it's dead in the water. We were like, there is still hope. Like, I was like, innocent. Everything is good. Everything happens for the good. Everything happens for the better. All this. He gave me just like a side project for just working at the time. So we started the cluster wala thing. Uh, but then we kept on like bothering Intel day in day out Jitne people were involved so in that mail chain you know who were involved there was a director at Intel there was CTO of Intel there were some other big guys also in that mail chain where we were just tagged casually <laughs> and this <laughs> okay so I think by the end of it I think by the end of July Mm, I think someone had a of conscious clarity, so he sent I think he goes by the name of Nara. So this guy contacts us, he, yeah, so the problem was that Intel kind of shut down that division. variable variable space. Kar diya. And I should have had like some early this thing of this because that watch which I told you about, smart watch yeah, yeah. Yeah. so it was a little bit like S7 not for me but for some okay. people it was heating too much and their skin went a little bit so oh. Intel did a worldwide recall his watch so they did a worldwide recall I also essentially I was like so I also returned my watch because after 2 months it would have stopped working from the software side
0: yeah.
1: So I was like, maybe I'll give So I returned it. I got some 17K ka check nicely. I was like, okay, good money. I was like, okay, good money. And then I just returned it for 17K. So, okay, finally that happened. Baad, uh, and this was pre this thing. Okay. So I should have realized that wearable division. Ka kuch I also worked for the same division who made this smartwatch. So, okay. because of the losses they suffered uh, making smartwatches and recalling them, they shut down that division. And after that, I've realized that Intel will be lost. we side project, so it will not work. And after a year or so, they'll just shut it down. So, they shut that whole division down. That's what the CTO told us. And they're like, they, they essentially stopped all mail, all the communications, and all those sort of stuff. So I was like, okay. And so what happened to our project that we worked on? He's like, uh, we sold it to one of those companies and he tagged uh, those guys. So he tagged uh, me to one of those guys who essentially bought it. I don't know. I forgot his name. But uh, that guy went and that company's name was Specular Technologies or something. So their CTO essentially sent me a mail Ki if you want to work with us, yeah, just have a meeting. I was like, meeting Lena on raha. That's So, I went to, I think it was JP Nagar, their office. Uh, just uh, went up, met this guy. And uh, so, he they showed me around nice hardware, making space. Uh, I think they were some of the writer guys to take that project because uh, the other owner of that company, who was the CEO, he managed all this Nike and Adidas in South. South India, Pura. Every chain, store, whatever. I did ask in Nigeria. Was managed by that guy. And he also represented uh, as a agent a lot of these cricketers. So they were doing some practice matches like, We have developed the technology. We don't want this for you, we So we want you for some other ventures. So they were discussing what ventures they have and things. So this guy had another venture of his. I think side business, which he was consulting at the time, which was some sort of ride sharing sort of thing. Like uh, you have scooters at different locations and you can punch in a number and scooter unlocks itself uh, uh, and you can ride it, leave it anywhere and uh, then the other guys can find it and use it. and whatever, whatever. So this guy, uh, this at the time was called Wicked Rides. So now, if you download Bounce, okay, company, it's written down below. So, you worked uh, with uh, the people of Bounce? So, I, it was third year, so I was like, I will load to be able seniors so I, I didn't uh, pursue that opportunity. But I would have been probably, maybe for initial employees, of bounds and they would have given some sort of percentage. So when I came to know about that Wicked Ride is Bounce. And I valuation. I got 1% of it. I it's $800 million company. 8 1% too late, half of it. It's $4 million.
0: So this is like three years in college. This is like two and a half for something about like that only. So hmm. you are currently working on swarm robotics, like from past one and a half years or so. Yep, yep. So what is it being in first year? We have no clue what it is or how it goes.
1: So swarm robotics is mostly about using robots uh, to essentially mimic nature at times. So you see all these uh, flocks of animals and uh, some sort of swarm of ants
0: Right.
1: Yeah. They essentially are very simple units like and brain kitna hai and it's very less number of chemical interactions happening compared to say a human brain. Yeah. So yeah. there is a whole technology stack where we're trying to essentially replicate a human brain. Humanoid robot, computer vision, yeah. movement and all those sort of things. So in that setting the compute power, okay. Abito is not at that dense, right? So you get a lot of big 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 computers, big big models of uh, deep learning, machine learning, all these malai people. You know Malai? No. Uh, so it's a short form I think Professor Bapat gave. So M L A I they call it Malai. Oof. <laughs> okay, take care.
0: Malai people.
1: So, all these Malay people, like making bigger models and making things complex at times, right? So, the other thing is, ki we don't have, a, we may not have that much computing power, Abhi, to replicate all those processes in a very simple fashion. So, let's take inspiration from the other side of folks who do not have much computing power, but they do some sort of jobs, right? So we take examples from ants. Ants can do a lot of sort of things, right? They can look for food, when they really don't know about the environment that much. They can transport large objects through collective movement, right? Like the one ant cannot push a food, two will come, three will come, four will come, they'll take a big insect to the hive or whatever. That's, what, uh, that's where swarm robotics comes in. So you use a lot of uh, robots, to essentially solve collective problems. So it can be collective transport, it can be collective construction. Uh, collective means madla sari So they work together to essentially construct something. Say termites make their holes, right? Makes their nest yeah. pura. They, they deposit one, one small, small uh, sand ka grain and they build their whole nest. That's what termites do. So yeah. That is a collective motion again. So, if I can use that in traditional construction, I solve a lot of my problems, Right, building. Yeah. So, all those uh, come under some robotics research. Then there is search and rescue sort of things. Um, uh, think of ocean, right? Ocean is very vast. Yeah. Yeah. So, if some plane or a ship gets, gets lost, there is a very slim chance of finding it right mm, because okay. it's so vast you kind of cannot conduct so 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 wide search and rescue operations but say if you have a swarm which has distributed control distributed control matlab there is there is no central body controlling it right when i think of a robot there is some central body controlling that particular robot right yeah. say i am a master and that is my slave i mean should not use those terms. Yeah. But in in a very layman terms, like I'm the master, that is a, guy, a, a slave. I operate it and that does whatever. The cut yeah. indyme, right? So uh, that's not a traditional robot. But in a distributed control, you shift from that pedagogy of centralized control. Ki there is one master controlling this. So I essentially move to some rule defined uh, this thing where I say ki, this is the job. You do it somehow. So, say a very implicit to uh, command, I move to a very explicit command. So, when I tell a robot, you have to go from A to B in a centralized approach or even in a very defined control, I have to tell him "Ki go right, go left, all this. I have to specify the direction from A to B, right? Mm. Or have some sort of map built in and specify that. In a distributed control sort of way, you can essentially tell that uh, go from A to B, I don't know how. Right. So, that, that becomes a very open-ended thing at times. Uh, so, uski as I say, it can help in search and rescue. Like in forest, you can release a lot of drones. Right. The people will use it for military, but uh, like don't endorse weapons. Peace. I yeah, prefer peace but like people use it in weapons technologies as well ki to locate enemy, uh, border monitoring because you have vast borders between countries at times who are not friendly. All those sort of things are there. And then there is uh, the use in say space technology also. Abhi, say Think of a latest example India, ga Chandrayaan 2. Right? In space missions, we have this critical element where it either works or it doesn't, right? Space lander either will work or will not work. There is no in-between, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's a single unit. But what if I essentially divided every function of A into different units which are independent of each other? Say there, there are 50 sensors. So I made 50 different bots which had individual sensors of each one of them. And uh, because of some probability, say only 50% of those robots reached uh, the surface of moon or wherever the destination was. So my mission essentially doesn't, uh, uh, like is totally failed. It's 50% pass as well, right? So 50% robots are there. I can work with the data. Mm -hmm. And in swarm robotics, you have this redundancy where you have enough number of homogeneous units. So if some of them fail, it just affects the performance at times. So you may not be able to do it in say time T1, T. You may be able to do it in say 10T or some, some multiplier of T because you lost some certain units. So performance is affected, not the uh, say total goal or something. So currently I'm looking for students who can work on this project here. If somebody is interested, contact me. Also, you've attended quite a lot of conferences. Yeah, so I believe uh, that anybody should uh, network a lot. Build your network. Use LinkedIn for uh, what it is meant for. Don't really like share uh, some quote or something on LinkedIn. And especially don't fear asking something from people. Okay, you'll be surprised how helpful people can be at times. Try to contact somebody if you want a project. If you like some of their project and want, uh, say, some sort of code which is not available in open source, ask them. The worst reply you can get is a no, right? no was it tha. But because you approach it, there is a slight chance, again, in a probabilistic sense of way. Things may work in your favor and that guy may give you the code. And it has happened to me a lot. Like, they didn't publish it that time because... They were essentially making some use of it in some other paper of theirs or some publication. But because I contacted them, they were like understanding and they just gave me the code or designs at the time. Say, Abhi, I have some what 1600 or 1500 connections on LinkedIn. Because of those connections, I can reach a lot bigger audience, say in that second connection, third connection level. So one hop, two hop. I reach a lot of those people which were, uh, weren't were really available to me. So, in my field, at least I can contact anybody in Swarm Robotics, say any researcher if I want to work with them. So, that's how I essentially contacted some of them for work also. Keeping your network pretty big helps a lot. See, if uh, you want a job, not only an academic job, really. so if you essentially know somebody in a particular company he can Refer you there. References work like big time in companies. (laughs) Power of reference is like so big, man. Uh, So even knowing people uh, is a big thing. And you don't have to go to conferences to network, right? Either if there is some alumni day, right? You can talk to people. You can connect with them. And that's why they have alumni day. It's not for them to just come here and chill, right? It's for you to essentially connect with them. And there are a lot of conferences also happening in the college, right? And they tend to keep it free for students. Try to attend uh, as much uh, as you can in free time. Some event, some conference, whatever. And again, try to network. It's like, if you find some common interests, connect them with the, connect on LinkedIn, whatever, Facebook.
0: So, Baya, you went to... Cairo last year, also Abu Dhabi and is there any experience or any particular Mm -hmm. incident you want to share and what the conference was about? Uh,
1: Firstly, talking about Egypt. So, that was my first international paper uh, with again Professor Mazarov. We worked on vehicular electronics and essentially enhancing safety in uh, intelligent uh, vehicles. So when you move to say level five autonomy or level four autonomy in vehicles, where the, there are autonomous vehicles which you can control, you need uh, other safety principles and other things in vehicles being present. Even in traditional vehicles, you need those sort of safety features to make uh, the vehicle a little more intelligent. So mm-hmm. that's what we worked on. We essentially predicted uh, postures through postures of the person sitting on that particular see it through pressure sensors and other things and we could use that data to tell you a lot of things we could even predict if somebody is being harassed that's what our thing was so that's what we presented at uh, Cairo and uh, it's pretty nice experience nice place nice people then I believe in travel uh, traveling as well so meeting locals is something that I like so when i travel you you go to say Tajmels of those places, but then you go to smaller places which nobody goes to right. That's where you find uh, like good people, real people like if if you roam around Tajmel and is is the only thing that you saw in India, you probably don't have the right image of India in your mind right yeah true. So, that's one thing. So, Cairo, there are scammers, all these uh, people who want to scam you for your money. Pyramids pass and uh, museum aas and all those things. Even I got scammed. It's not like I didn't get scammed. So, mm-hmm. But then there were good parts of it. So, I went to this uh, town. So, there, there are, uh, to understand the map of Egypt, Cairo is at the central Egypt level, right? Then yeah. the, the touristy destinations are south of it. So there is firstly Luxor, there is Ashwahan, and then there is lastly Abu Simul, near Syria border. People go from north to south and then they go out uh, of Egypt. That's their whole trip. I went south, but for probably a day or two, that's it. And then I went north again. So, northern cities are more like smaller cities, all these ghouls and uh, villages where people don't really go, or tourists don't go. The locals will certainly certainly go. So, I went to this place called Zagazib. It's north of Cairo, and it's a pretty beautiful, like, smaller cities sort of vibe. And met some nicer folks, so there is this service called Couch Couch Couchsurfing. Have you heard of it? Okay, so Couchsurfing is basically a community where a lot of people come together and uh, you can essentially go to a city and request locals to to stay with them. So I met uh, these two locals. One guy which uh, I met on Couchsurfing and the other guy was his friend. Really nice guys. They showed me around. They offered me food at their home. Mm, pretty nice experience. I spent one day whole in Zagazig and then I came back to Cairo the other day.
0: Yeah, Instagram bio says learn new languages in some other language. I don't know. I just translated it. <laughs> and we also know that you know German. You speak German. I don't know if you speak German, but you know German. So, what is your language I, I, you find interesting?
1: I speak German. So, yeah. like coming to languages. See, even like small words also open up a lot of avenues. Like, say, if a foreigner comes to you in India and says Namaste or something, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that's a pretty powerful thing for you, though. Like, he is acknowledging your language and other things, right? So, you are a little more friendly to him than, say, a normal foreigner, an ignorant American guy coming to you, like, hi, my voice is staying. So,. All those sort of things make a lot of difference in your experience and how people treat you as well. Or even if they want to help you and go out of their way to help you. So languages do that to you. So they make an internal connection. And then there is another funny part of it that something in a language can mean totally different thing in the other language. So it's funny at times as well.
0: That is what you find interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that is one of the interests and then the other interest is, yeah, you connect with the people a lot.
0: Coming back to uh, the lockdown, as in, uh, you said you spent uh, half time at home and half time only. Yeah. How does it feel to have entire Mm -hmm. college to yourself alone? It's pretty nice,
1: man. You don't have uh, some annoying people here or people to annoy you. So that's one good thing. The other thing is that everything is available for you, like for any time to use. And you have gym, other things, badminton, hai, ko. so how, how often do you people get out of your home?
0: Actually, we don't. I'm yeah. just like from Nani Kegar to my house, my house to Nani Kegar from past six months. Nothing else.
1: Yeah, so either there is so much open space, right?
0: Yeah, ko to koi
1: hota minne, so I just roam around without a mask. Just keep a mask in my pocket if somebody comes up and put it in. I don't see anyone like a man. I must be walking in peace at night. Also, uh, did, uh, did you do any project uh, in college in the past two or three months? In
0: lockdown basically? Yeah, lockdown. You you I was continuing post. my
1: thesis, now uh,
0: No, no, before that you posted on LinkedIn, right?
1: Uh ho- handmade kilobot robot you made know, during lockdown? Yeah, that was related to my thesis only. So like I was using simulated bots by the time. The hardware that I had was pretty big. So people look for kilobot I was using some sort of simulation. Then I was like isko and then I was like, why not make it? I had all these components available. So just made one. I think it took one day.
0: Okay, this is one random
1: question. Would you classify yourself as what the internet calls a foodie? Yep. I have obsession for food like anything. Like, I like food. I like to make food. I like to view food videos. <laughs> okay.
0: So, there is a story that how you got free food for a month because of a referral. What was it about?
1: Okay, so... First year, mein, there was this uh, startup service called Eat Fresh. Pretty similar to Fresh Menu. They had uh, daily rotating menus and other things. And uh, I think who decided it? Some probably nut job at marketing only decided that they will not have referral offers for everybody. It's only a bunch of people which they send out emails to can essentially refer different people. And because it was a time where people didn't uh, think about limits, okay? Like zomato limits your offers, right? Yeah. It was a time of just throwing money around. Uber was throwing money around like anything. Ola was throwing money around like anything. 100, 200, 250 people used to get sign up and all. And uh, I think you didn't even need mobile phone verification and things. Just put an email ID, you will get those 250 rupees. Just use it for one thing and then make another ID next time. That's how it worked back then. So, eat fresh man, there was no limit on how you can use your wallet, kitna percentage, whatever. So, they gave me one referral. I was a lucky one. And I, being the lucky one, exploited the hell out of it. So, I posted a referral link on uh, lounge. So, you know, when 600 people see some free things being offered, it was madness. By the end of second day, I had 10,000 rupees or something in my uh, eat fresh wallet. And because of that, I could order anything. And that money was replenished. So, by the time I finished Toda money, next day, I ordered order from some other number of theirs. So, I think some 10 days, that money didn't even budge from that 10,000 mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
0: So, at last, the mandatory question for you, anything you would like to tell your juniors?
1: Again, uh, I think reiterating, if you take something from this podcast, so the takeaway I would like to have you would be network. Network, there are a lot of people. You have a lot of time to essentially connect with people. Be it in conferences, be it in free events, meetups, all those sort of things. Uh, Second point would be to approach professors if you want, right? So I've seen people essentially are comfortable with people who they met. So if certain professors have taught you some course, you're more likely to work with them. I think that was the case for me as well. But uh, then again, some of my batchmates were good enough or they had courage or whatever. the fearless that way to essentially ask a professor for a project. And that opened a lot of avenues for them. So, approaching a professor about a project, just writing a mail or just knocking on the door, whatever their policy is, uh, is uh, at times a very life-changing thing that you can do. Other thing, and the last thing would be to take risk is one thing. like. I think, uh, as a society in general, we are becoming domesticated quite a lot. Then we stop taking risks. Like all these great civilizations, great countries were never built by, say, domesticated people or disciplined people outside. So essentially, take risk because you you don't have uh, much to lose, right? So taking risk is bad when you have a lot of Big things to lose so if you start a startup at this age or you do a master's at this age right the worst thing that can happen to you is you go work a corporate job see you're not going to be homeless right it's not very difficult to earn money with the skills that you've acquired and all those sort of things if even if you're the worst of the worst market for people like you sam job they pay enough to like make your life comfortable, right? Now you where you want to go and if some risk of yours turned out to be great, right? So you can do a lot more better things which you like with your life than be stuck with a job that uh, you have to do for say, maintaining your standard of living. Because at, at times I feel that people who go to a corporate job has never seen a corporate setting, right? Like internships kitne log karte in a corporate. We are always doing internships with say like a dart mein jayenge, my tax and all those sort of things. We do a lot of academic projects and academic internships. Not many do like proper industrial corporate internships. Whoever does it jata hai ki, what is there in in for them in it. And at times, internships are also not the full game, right? Would there be the workload is manageable at times. Yeah. real job that gets. Uh, so burnout is there. See, if you talk to people who were joyous, right? Who completely full of energy back when they were here. Like, right? what? It was what? Full time join? How many? Two months, right? They joined in August or July, mm-hmm. whatever. So, two to three months. May you talk to them, you know, what their body language is like by the 7.30-ish. And I think that's partly due to work from home and other things also. Like, oh, bhai gya, de thoda. Oh, we'll talk later or whatever. Weekend, you call, oh, bhai, weekend, uh, thoda karne de, so you see the burn, okay. So <laughs> Like, that thing you can follow a little later in your life as well. It's not like I'm saying ki don't do corporate jobs. If you want to do corporate jobs, you have nothing. But don't be like non-risk taking at times. Like, if you have a venture, like something that I rejected, right? We bounce. Ka. Yeah. So, don't, don't be like, like a risk. The startup is a bad thing or whatever. Th- there are experiences that are very, like, actually, untangible that you gain from all these uh, places working uh, at a startup. I'll tell you a story of my batchmate, right? okay? So, this guy had essentially won some hackathon. He wasn't my neighbor for a long time. I think throughout the years, he was my neighbor. So, for four years, he was my neighbor, four to five years. So, this guy essentially won some hackathon in with uh, our batchmate. And uh, one of those guys who was uh, essentially hosting, the company who was hosting the hackathon this guy essentially wanted somebody for, uh, to work for his son. His son was starting a startup in the Silicon Valley in uh, San Francisco. And he wanted people to work uh, in some part of it. And uh, this guy was starting up in that area and he was pretty good developer by that time. And I had done, mm-hmm. I think, uh, one GSOC uh, edition. Uh, and that guy essentially joined the team. That was a pretty life-changing experience for him. right? Gaining so uh, much experience, getting employed, working and balancing those two things. I've seen him work quite a hard man, like balancing courses and say, uh, like a pretty full-time-ish job which he was working part-time. So, <clears throat> that was one thing, but that experience essentially helped that guy a lot. I would say he, he is doing pretty great. And uh, he has a lot more opportunities available to him, right? And uh, then there are there are other things which are like stocks and things which you get because you joined initially. Which if the venture turns out to be good, uh, IPO and all those sort of things, you get paid for your work, right? At the end of the day. So that's kind of a risk that you uh, should take if uh, it comes at your door.
0: Thank you, Baya. It was great having you on a podcast and thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for inviting me.